Welcome to the Movement, a community of equality, change, and food for thought. This is the place you escape all the noise of the world, so hopefully you can get inspired and create your own. I'm your host, Samuel Dalvomar, and if you love discussion, connection, and discovery, this is the podcast for you. Welcome to the Movement. I am so excited. It's been a long time coming, but we are finally here. This is the first episode of the podcast, and if you're just joining us, the movement actually was born during the heat and the meaty heart of COVID. I started doing these Instagram lives, mostly because I think I just wanted other interaction other than my mother. And it was a beautiful way for me to connect with people who were both in my orbit but outside of it and learn from them and reflect with them and just have conversations. And since then, it's grown into a beautiful place for conversation and reflection. I like to think of the movement as an inquisitive community searching for a better tomorrow or plainly a place for dreamers who are just trying to figure it out. And so I hope listening to this helps you find your answers or some comfort in this crazy, loud world. I'm honored to be guiding this conversation and learning, and I hope it fills your soul or makes you smile or just gives you something to pass the time while you clean your kitchen. Whatever it is, I'm just excited to share. Welcome to the movement. And now for my first guest on my first podcast. So many firsts work. (laughs) My first guest is Mindfully Meg. She is a dancer, nutritionist, and a friend of mine who I've admired for quite some time. And interestingly enough, which I love, is that I'm ringing in this first season and this first episode talking about health, physical health, and health of mind. And if the past two years has taught us anything, it's that we have to take care of ourselves way more than we thought. Um, I'm so honored to have her here for my first conversation and to hear her share, and I'm just excited to get into it. So without further ado, Mindfully, Meg. Thanks again for being here. I'm so excited. Thank you for having me. I'm honestly so excited to share and just to talk with you. And yeah, I'm really excited as well. So I'm so excited. So I always ask my guests um, when they first come on kind of how they got their start and how they have come to be where they are now. So how did you find yourself through your journey to where you are right now? Okay, so loaded question right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm like that is a deep, deep question. Right. <laughs> um. So I definitely got started in holistic nutrition. Um. Just for personal reasons, I went to school because I wanted to improve my own health. Um. And I really never knew that it was gonna be a career path for me at all. I thought it was just gonna be go get your degree and then hop back into dance, and that was it. Um, eventually when I was really struggling with my own health and I realized that like the world really doesn't give us information on how to care for ourselves and it's not something that we're taught. Mm. And the more I started learning and the more I started like seeing changes within myself, I really was kind of at awe and I was like, this is something that people really need. This is something that changed my life drastically. I always say that. And I think honestly, that change within myself was what really made me want to bring this forward. Mm. And I really didn't know that I wanted to work with dancers. I just knew that I wanted to help people in general. So the first few clients I started working with were just random people who had reached out to me on social media. Mm. And then eventually I started, you know, really trying to think like, if I'm doing this full time as a job, what type of people do I want to work with? Who do I want to help? Like, 
where am I actually, you know, in my full purpose and like, what kind of value do I personally have to offer? And that was kind of where dancers and helping dancers came in because I've been dancing since I was three years old. I know so much about the dance community. I know so much about all the pain points that dancers struggle with. And a lot of my health issues did come from being in the dance community and struggling with like some body image issues and an eating disorder and things like that. So for me, it kind of just came back around full circle once I was looking to turn this into a career and I was like, you know what? The dance community really doesn't have support here. And it's something that it's never talked about. And I was like, I want to be the person who does that for people. So that is kind of how it all came to be, I guess. That's so cool. And it's so funny that you bring up the idea of wanting to help dancers specifically. That was actually going to be a question of mine. What led you to go that route? And like, even thinking about when I first started dancing, I first started dancing so um, not so young, sorry, I was like 15. But even at that time, I didn't have like, really, I was already trying to learn and catch up to my peers. So I didn't really, I guess, think about or focus on the nutritional side or like what I was eating. And most times, you know, I went like a day without like not even really eating anything until dinner. And like at that time, didn't even think about that. Um, and so it's funny now that you are directing it like predominantly to dancers because I feel just from a personal like perspective I know I had so much trouble with that and still with that till this day so I love that you're you're gearing that towards that community I love that yeah I I think it's crazy because me being a dancer myself I think as like athletes I think more so if we look at like soccer or basketball or anything of these competitive sports I think definitely it's talked about a lot more that like nutrition and taking care of your body is important but like even for myself growing up as a dancer I would go on training days on Sundays that were eight hours long I'd either be restricting food yeah yeah, right these crazy long days where we know as a dancer you're pushing your body to the limit you're pushing yourself both mentally physically Mm -hmm. like you demand so much from yourself as a dancer and to me the idea that like some of us either really don't eat any foods at all some of us are living off of fast foods and it just like what that does to your body what that does to your mental health like that goes so so deep and I think another reason I was like really adamant about dancers and it's funny, it's funny too, because there was a lot of people that were like, no, don't get your niche into being dancers. Like they aren't going to invest in their health. Really? A lot of people were wow. like, yeah, a lot of people were like, dancers aren't like, they don't have the money. You're not going to like, like be successful right, in this. Right. And I was like, you know what, if, if I get 10 dancers just to start caring about their health or thinking about their health to me, like that is worth it. It's not obviously, you know, this is my job, and I do have to make a living. But at the end of the day, for me, sharing this knowledge and empowering other dancers to really care about this stuff is so important. And I think back to even, you know, before I went to school, and I was pursuing dance in Toronto, I was taking class at the underground, honestly, like almost every single day, I was there four hours a day. And I would go to class with no water bottle, without eating. I would feel nauseous during class, sick during class, muscle soreness, muscle fatigue. And I hear this from my peers all the time as well. And I just, I think it's crazy that there's no one offering any kind of support. So the more that I dive into this stuff, the more I see the need for it. And the more I work with dancers, the more I realize how much 
so many dancers have this mentality like I need to eat less or something because they think that it's going to better their body but in reality it's actually going to hurt their dancing it's going to hurt you know their athletic ability and it's probably going to shorten their career which is like yeah I want that (laughs) yeah 100% it's it's crazy because you're really speaking to like everything that I felt growing up and everything that I still feel and I it 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 worries me because I I wonder where that stems from, like where dancers and athletes um, find this place where they feel like they, they don't need to eat as much or they even like the concept of like not bringing a water ball to class. I relate to that so hard because there's been so many times where I've gone in for classes or even like for a job where I know I'm going to be there for hours on end and I just don't or forget to bring a water bottle. And only recently, especially with uh, quarantine and like me being home all the time and trying to do home workouts and whatever, where I like have a sink like in front of me where I'm like, okay, I have to drink water. Um, have I started to really be on myself and, and drink more water and, and um, just hydrate? But I wonder kind of where that, where you might even think that stems from of like dancers just feeling like they don't need um, the correct sustenance. They don't need to hydrate or that they can go through these like eight hour days without having a meal until the end of the day. Where do you think that that kind of comes from? To be honest with you, I think it comes from our entire, not even generation, but our entire society, just not putting health first. Mm. If you look at even the way we practice medicine, it's always a bandaid effect. It's also, it's always, we get sick and then we deal with our health. Mm. I think from like the bottom, bottom line, we are not teaching kids, we're not teaching even our adults to care for themselves. And even when it comes down to drinking water, whether we're athletes or not, you know, everything that I talk about, it's important on on a human being level, you know, not just because we're athletes. These are things that every single person should know. And I think that yes, it applies to dancers so heavily. And it like shocks me that we don't talk about it more. But I think it really does apply to literally everyone. I'll work with clients who, you know, are in their 30s and they're working a nine to five. And even they will tell me all of the health, um, all the health symptoms they're experiencing. And, you know, oftentimes they'll be getting up in the morning, skipping breakfast, you know, living off of coffee and then not, you know, they're saying they don't have time in their day to eat lunch. And then they're not eating till five o'clock and they don't know why they feel like crap. And it's just this whole, you know, society where we we um, put an importance on, you know, productivity and, you know, making money and being successful. And we don't really prioritize, you know, how do we actually feel? And it's just crazy because I don't understand how we can expect anyone to show up full and show up their best selves and show up, you know, creating good things if we don't feel good ourselves. It always starts with us. So I think to answer your question, that was a bit of a tangent. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think to answer your question, it, it really just comes down to, you know, what society teaches us. And I think also because we're in an entertainment industry as well, you know, obviously what we look like is very much important, even if we don't want it to be. Right. And regardless of, you know, what the dance community does, the world is kind of in charge of who they want to see out there and what they want to see. And I think because of that, and because we live in a world that is very fat phobic and always wants to see thin, small bodies, I think that also impacts our mindset as well, because we know that, you know, we 
we know that the expectation is that and it puts this pressure on us to eat less and because there's a lack of nutrition information out there and a lack of like real people doing the work not like people just spewing diet culture nonsense Mm -hmm. there aren't people that really understand that you can eat a ton you can eat good foods you can feel full and still achieve your weight loss goals or whatever your fitness goals are right yeah you brought up like literally so much in there for me and i'm like i'm gonna go back and then i'm gonna go forward um yes to everything i think the point about um prioritizing is also super important i think what i've realized especially now where i've had time to just like relax is what i prioritize in my life so before I would say like, for example, my priorities were um, at at the very basis of it, like um, booking jobs, um, being seen as successful, um, working really hard, but to attain this goal of like success. I think Mm -hmm. we've, or I've realized that in taking a step back, I have to get my priorities straight, which is so funny. People say it all the time. Your parents say it all the time, get your priorities straight. And you're like, yeah, for sure. But priorities aren't just success. Priorities are also pathways to success. I think Mm -hmm. it's so important that you mention health as a priority because I think about the time when I was coming up and when I was, you know, trying to make it and I'm still trying to make it, but it's health has never been like a priority. Like I remember going to competition and like I had a sprained ankle. My mom would be like, well, don't dance. And I'd be like, but I have to dance. You know what I mean? And like Mm -hmm. we're taught that that's, that's um, bravery, that's hard work, that's, um, you know, resilience, and that's good, which, you know, I mean, it's it's great that you can dance on a sprained ankle if, if that's what you want, but at the end of the day, it's we're talking about health here, and how, how great is that for you in the long run? How is that going to affect you? So I think priorities is such, such a, a, an insane point to bring up. Um, I'm trying to go back to what else you said. I think the other thing of, of this industry and being in this industry, the downside is like, we are who we are is kind of determined by the machine so oftentimes it's not always what we want i used to say all the time to like friends of mine when i was like in high school and whatever they'd be like you know asking me about the like career i was choosing and what i'd have to do and i'd always kind of just like simplify everything with like it's just the job i chose or it's the career and i think that oversimplification is kind of the thing we need to get away from because in that oversimplification in me saying to people like you know when they ask me like oh you have to you know make sure you work out all these times a day or you have to make sure you have to be under a certain weight and me saying well it's just the career gives gives it an excuse gives the machine an excuse to continue to say you have to look like this you have to be this slender you have to eat this this is the the idea of beauty and i think that's where we go wrong so that's another mm-hmm. really great point that you bring up is like the machine is this this crazy thing and we let it dictate, but how much should we let it dictate and how much can it dictate, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think also too, like there's a fine line when it comes to like, you know, what our body should look like. And right. it, I feel like for a lot of us dancers, we just focus on the outer image. Mm-hmm. But for me, something that has been really pivotal in my mindset towards health has just been understanding, you know, I want to feel strong in my body as a dancer because I put myself through so much and I physically, you know, I want to be able to do all these things. So strength training and nutrition and taking care of myself 
and you know taking supplements that give my body the nutrients I need those are all important to me but when it comes to like I just have to do this Mm -hmm. because it's going to make me look a certain way I think that's where the disconnect comes because you can look a certain way and not actually feel your best not be in good health and I think that's where it gets dangerous too because a lot of the clients I will see will be in these perfect bodies and be experiencing all a whole other slew of health issues and I think that becomes problematic because I think a lot of society it teaches us to focus on just image and as long as you look healthy you are healthy but it doesn't teach us you know to build our mindset to strengthen our bodies to actually just be strong and to not get injured and Mm -hmm. to do all these other things um so yeah I just feel like that is like a very fine line too um but totally that's crazy yeah that's 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 gonna stay with me the whole idea of like if you look this way you will feel better which is just not the case like it's just not the case and and I'm glad that I've I've grown up around people that you know is is exchange and I I learn these things and we get to teach each other but yeah that's I think that's a a huge takeaway looking great does not always mean feeling great Um, Mm -hmm. and also what does looking great mean we could dive into that forever I feel um what what do you think or what is your definition of um a sustainable healthy lifestyle like and if you could define it or if you had a client that is wondering this because i've i've seen your posts um on your instagram it's amazing you have all these like little tidbits of information and um something that i've keep i've kept seeing is um a sustainable healthy lifestyle and i want to know how you would explain that yeah that's definitely something i repeat constantly yeah for sure. yeah i love it <laughs> um, i would definitely say when i think about a healthy sustainable lifestyle i say sustainable because i think you know a lot of what we what we see out there especially in the wellness industry can be very strict and rigid mm-hmm. and for me when i approach you know health i approach it holistically mind body and spirit mm-hmm. i truly believe that our health you know it goes in layers and all of these things are connected mm-hmm. and for me i think creating a healthy sustainable lifestyle it has to be something that you enjoy it has to be something that involves balance It has to be something, when I say balance, that one part of it is really prioritizing your nourishment, even on the days where you may not want to, but you know it's good for your body and for your health. But the other side of that is also making sure that you're still enjoying food, you're still enjoying your life, you know, you don't feel overly restricted. I would say a healthy, sustainable lifestyle is something that makes you feel your absolute best, Mm -hmm. mind, body, and spirit. You know, it's incorporating daily habits, like making sure that you get to bed at a certain hour, making sure you get away from your phone, making sure that you are dealing with your emotions and reflecting, taking time to journal or read and, you know, like dive into your mental health. So I think for me, when I say a healthy, sustainable life, it's something that's fully encompassing with mind, body and spirit. It's something that you enjoy. It's something that you feel you can do for long term. And it's something that benefits you both physically and mentally as well. Nice. Yeah, I like that. And I really like, one thing I love actually is, which you just touched on, is um, this idea that it doesn't have to be regimented. I think for a lot of people, especially myself, anytime I think of really anything, and maybe this has been one of the things to deter me from focusing on my health, but whenever I think of um, uh, living healthy or healthy lifestyles or 
or anything like that, I think of diet and I think of um, a restriction. And I think if I can just speak to myself, I hate restrictions. I hate not being able to do what I want to do. I mean, it's the reason that when I was like 18, I was like, I'm moving out. I'm going to be on my own. Like I'm a person that loves my freedom. I'm a Sag. So shout out to the Sages, but (laughs) I love my freedom. Um, And so, especially with eating and food, I, one thing I realized about myself is that if I'm, if I'm hungry, I don't necessarily say to myself, oh, well, you can't have this. I usually say, you can have whatever you want. Just make sure you add something or make sure like, say if I'm like, you know, having a lot of carbs, I'll be like, well, I didn't have a salad. So maybe I'll just like add a salad in. But one thing I've never really loved is, is the idea that I have to regimen myself or I, I have to deny myself of something. Um, mm-hmm. With you, I've noticed that, first of all, everything you eat looks so freaking delicious. I want it all. Um, and (laughs) nothing looks like super regimented. Nothing looks super like, uh, she's like, you know, rationing and she can't have this. It all looks like you're eating really well and you're also enjoying what you're eating. That's another thing for me. I I feel like there's two types of people, people that eat, um, for like, um, like for effect or people who eat, you know, just for like the necessity of it and people who eat, um, like for taste and cause they love it. And I'm definitely one of those people who eat for taste and cause they love it. Um, but I noticed like, it doesn't seem like there's a heavy restriction placed, um, with, with your mindset of a healthy living. So explain that for me. Is there, is there like a, a stress on that or how do you go about that? I think, oh, this is like a, also a deep, deep question. Is it? Oh crap. We're going in. We're oh going God, in. This is like one of my favorite topics to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, there's a couple things here. I think. For me, especially, I struggled with an eating disorder for like close to five years when Mm -hmm. I was in high school. Um, And I think, honestly, a lot of disordered eating patterns are things that almost like almost everyone I know struggles with. It's like the way we think about food, right? Mm -hmm. We have these beliefs in our mind, like fats are bad. They make you fat. We should choose a low calorie, low fat, which, you know, that's actually not true. Um, we have this idea that all carbohydrates are bad for us and are not good when in fact, as an athlete, carbohydrates are our preferred fuel source and we need them for endurance workouts. We have these ideas that, you know, even fruit sometimes we think is bad and it's too high sugar, but no one talks about the fact that fruit is loaded with antioxidants and fiber and it's perfectly packaged. And it's something that is crucial for our health, our gut flora, for so many things. So I think for me, what I have come to realize, and the only kind of like rule that I hold within myself when it comes to, you know, my diet, is I really just try to eliminate processed, low quality, shitty foods. Mm. That is like literally my only rule. And when I say rule, that I'm very flex. If I'm, you know, obviously it's COVID right now, I'm not going out. But if I'm going out, I'm and my friends want to order a regular pizza, I eat the regular pizza. Right. If you know, I'm craving an ice cream at night, I go out and I get that ice cream. Right. I think there's a couple things that, you know, that will come with creating this lifestyle that doesn't feel restricted. And like I mentioned before, when we, you know, create this lifestyle that's restrictive, it's not sustainable. And I think for me, something I really struggled with um, when I was younger was binge eating. Um, and yep. yeah, and I know that's a lot, like for many people I talk to, they say, you know, at the end of the day, everything just falls apart at night. I just am like, can't stop eating. Especially when you haven't eaten anything that day. 
Exactly. And the biggest thing with binge eating and with overconsumption, it usually comes from when we over restrict for too long. So when you're eating really low calorie, when you're not getting enough protein, carbs and fats in there, when you are not honoring any of your cravings for an extended period of time, when you're just being way too strict. And, and honestly, when whenever, whenever we do that, that will lead to the opposite thing. It's like anything in life, you know, if you're going to say like, I'm never drinking, I'm never going out, I'm never having a social life, right. you're going to fall off the bandwagon and be like, like you know? I have been there, so I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> right? So I think when it comes to, again, like creating a sustainable lifestyle, it has to be something that is always talking about balance. It's always considering balance. And I think another thing that's really helpful is we are literally now living in 2020. There is gluten-free everything. There is alternatives for everything. 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 You can literally make a burger. Like I think something I think often too is like the quality of ingredients are what's really important to me. So like if I'm going to get a hamburger from McDonald's, that is filled with like hydrogenated oils and added sugars and like different types of like gluten and white flours and just a whole bunch of ingredients that I'm not even eating them because like they're unhealthy. I'm eating them because I know I'm going to probably get diarrhea. I'm going to have a stomach ache. I'm going to feel like horrible because I don't eat that stuff. So instead I go home, I make a burger out of like good quality beef. I get a bun that has grains in it and has more fiber and more protein in it. I put whole foods on it, like a tomato, a lettuce, some avocado for fats. I put a sauce on it, like pesto, whatever. We can make foods that are healthy and satisfying. And like, that is like what you were saying, you know, you don't see me eating foods that are like plain rice, chicken and vegetables. No, which is what not me. That's not me. I think it's so important to make sure that the foods that you eat are satisfying and they are, you know, getting your cravings in. I'm always adding like goat's milk feta. I'm adding Mm -hmm. pesto. I'm adding hummus. Like I'm making sure that I have different textures and sauces and whatever it is. Like I say this all the time, you wouldn't go and make like a homemade, I don't know. You wouldn't go home and make a homemade gnocchi and put no salt and pepper. Right. You wouldn't put no like good quality fats. Exactly. Like, you, know, you wouldn't make a junk food meal with no yeah. seasoning. Exactly. So why are you going to make a healthy food? Exactly. And, boring and like, but right. You know, it right. just, it takes a little bit more time takes a little bit more preparation Mm -hmm. but again it comes back to like what are your priorities what are your intentions if you don't set yourself up for success you're probably not gonna get it and it's like with everything you know if you want to start a business but you're not getting up and you're not putting in the damn work Mm -hmm. you're not gonna get it it's the same with your health Mm -hmm. changing your habits and living a life that makes you feel good it's hard work and that's the simple answer it's not just gonna come from us doing nothing because everything that's hard it takes our time. It takes effort. It takes work. Hundred percent. Yeah. I, I mean, even looking at your testimonials and the different clients you've had, they all say it's hard work. They all say it's not a cakewalk. It's a hundred percent, you know, dedication and commitment on their end. Um, but it's mm-hmm. completely worth it. Which I think, yeah, it goes back into priorities. And it's like, well, what are your priorities? You know what I mean? What do you want? And I think around that, it's this idea that I think there's a lot of things that that um, make it difficult but i think a lot of things or one of the biggest things is that health is expensive and i think for a lot of people people think that healthy eating is either uh, really expensive or like bougie for another word or yeah. um it's inaccessible to them and i think mm-hmm. 
that's something that I think I am starting to like disavow that myth that that's not really always the case because for me, like, I mean, I'm not the healthiest eater, that's for sure. But I know now that I've had more time to like prepare meals and actually be mindful into doing that. That's so funny. I didn't mean to do that. It's not a plug, but mindful. Yes. Um, I find myself now like making meals that are just a little bit more intentional. And like, I'm, I'm putting like avocado into like meals, which I don't do all the time. And like getting like some sort of like veggie in there, like a parsley or something like whatever that I can do to just to, to enhance that experience also for myself, but for my health. Um, but I think there's this myth that healthy eating, healthy living is really expensive and it's in, uh, inaccessible to people. Is yes. this something that you, you meet a lot with um, like different clients of yours? All the time, mm. all the time. And I will definitely say like, if you're getting to the point where you're buying everything organic, everything grass fed, blah, blah, blah. Like, yes, it can get expensive, but also, like, you know, I didn't grow up with, um, like, I grew up with a single parent. Definitely, we very much struggled with Same. money. Same. You can, you know, you can buy a bag of lentils. You can buy a bag, you can buy a can of chickpeas for a dollar. You can buy root vegetables in season. You can buy frozen vegetables. Like, you can, there are so many ways that you can do this, especially nowadays, too, with these, like, um, a lot of farms nowadays will have delivery services where a box of vegetables for a whole week is wow. $25. Wow. Didn't even know that. $25, $50. And so I think it really just comes back to and a couple things. I think one thing is we have to remember that like, it's not all or nothing. People, I feel like they have this mentality around health. It's like, I'm starting the diet. I'm starting healthy. Or like, I ate a bad breakfast. Now I'm going to eat like crap the rest of the day. That, that it took me like probably four years to get that out of my head. Yeah. But I think even something like you said, adding in nutrients is something I talk to a lot of clients about, especially like my competition dancers that are younger. Mm-hmm. Um, even like, ha- you know, having your pizza and then buying a box of spinach and having just a light little mixed green salad on the side or, you know, like instead of having, I don't know, instead of having white rice as your thing, buy some quinoa on the side or add in small little nutrients here or there. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. You don't have to clean out your pantry and buy gluten-free this, every nut and seed, all the nut butters. Right. I think honestly, a lot of that too comes with like, when you see on social media, you see like people like myself who do this as a job, like you see all their fancy stuff. And like, we obviously want to have that, but I don't think people even realize like it took me probably six years to get my kitchen with all the ingredients that it's in. You know, I didn't just (laughs) up one day and and have all this. And I think too, we want to rush into like getting to being the healthiest person. But the the truth is it's going to take time. It's going to take, you know, when you run out of your salt, you're going to buy a, a better quality salt this time. Or when you run out of your peanut butter, then you switch to an alternative. You know, it's, and I think when it comes down again to health being so expensive, a really important thing I want to mention is again, your like, what are your priorities? Because me two years ago, living in Toronto, I used to go out five nights a week and not saying you can't go out, but I would go out and I would not pre-drink at home. I would spend $200 at the club. I would Uber everywhere instead of getting up and taking the transit. I would get my nails done, my hair done, facials done. I'm buying every type of new clothing. So how are you going to sit there and tell me that you have all the money for these external things making you feel good, but you can't even spend 
50 to 100 to whatever a month on you. Because at the end of the day, I think, you know, when I when clients come to me, and they really want to change, like you mentioned, it's usually all on them. Like if somebody has success, I'm telling you, yes, I can pull a lot out of somebody, I can be here for support, I can give them resources. But it's that choice within them that they're not willing to sacrifice their health for anything else you know like i'm living with these crusty ass nails right now because (laughs) like i it's either good groceries for the week or looking bougie and cute and you know at the end of the day i know that filling my body up with good things and feeling you know i know how much food impacts my mood my energy levels my productivity you know like my relationships and to me i'm like if i can feel good and show up in this vibrant version of myself most of most of the time that's worth it to me more than this outer appearance that i have to uphold that make other people think i'm valuable or you know beautiful or whatever it is right and i think that is just the mindset switch and i'm not saying you have to give up like everything you love to do for health but Mm -hmm. it's it is a priority thing like don't you know don't tell me you're ordering uber eats five nights a week you're probably spending fifty dollars a night but you can't you can't afford groceries because i guarantee you You'll, I know even on my group course, um, Chris T, Christian Sulas, he mentioned, he was like, it's actually crazy because when I saw the grocery list, um, I thought it was going to be so expensive. And he was like, but when I actually meal prepped all week and I didn't order out, he was like, I actually saved money. And I'm like, okay, here we go. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's insane. I mean, it, it's, it's true. Cause I, the, the, the like anecdote of like you going out all the time and spending all this money is so true. Cause I, I can guarantee we've all been there. I mean, I've been there and then I say, Oh, I don't have money for groceries or whatever. And it's like, well, you do, you know what I mean? It's just, what's your priority? What's, what's, what's the plan? Um, which is hilarious when you put into words, it makes everyone sound so stupid, but (laughs) I mean, I, I couldn't agree more. And I think, I think that the more people are able to like disavow this myth of health being expensive and inaccessible, the the easier it's going to be for people to actually have um, a healthier living lifestyle because it's all in part of just feeling like it's not for them or it's not meant for them. Um, another thing I've seen is like, which I'm sure you've seen too, is I don't know if you have clients that do this, but I think people, especially because we're in this society where being bigger is not desired. So you have people who are bigger and they want to lose weight. They want to experience some sort of new um, regimen where they can like drop like maybe like 50 pounds in like two weeks or something like that. But we're using healthy lifestyles or these diets as a way to remedy this situation super quickly. Have you ever had to, because with you, I feel like you're in this like place where you're like, have a healthy lifestyle, but know that like your folds and like your body is normal. So how do you um, kind of like navigate, I guess, that juxtaposition of like wanting to like people wanting to be like fit and skinny really quickly, but also letting them know like healthy living is not all about the outer like we were talking about earlier. I definitely think this can be a very sticky thing to navigate. Right. And I do like I for myself I this is something that even I struggled with I think right now especially to um like especially on social media the body positivity movement is like really booming and I'm seeing so many people in these like tiny bodies you know like talk about their issues with like body dysmorphia and whatever and I think this stuff is is very important and 
I am very much like the first person to encourage people to start loving their bodies where they are at. And I say that because I've been in a position where I've been 20 pounds underweight and literally looked at myself and hated my body, thought I looked huge, you know, didn't see the weight loss. So I think it is very important to, you know, love your body at every single stage and accept it. And I think like give it compassion and understanding and care because if you don't, no matter what exterior changes you make, it won't change because what you're struggling with is like a lack of self-worth, you're struggling with a lack of self-love, and you are literally just fixated on this idea that everything is going to change. I remember when I was younger, I would literally write down like, oh, before this trip, like I would never go on a trip without doing a diet first. I would never go to the beach with a friends. I would never have a dance convention where I was in a costume without a diet, without restricting my food, without doing something to try to lose 10 pounds. And so I really resonate with that when people, they want to lose weight quickly. But I think something that does not get talked about enough is that, you know, this idea of losing weight 20 30 40 pounds in two weeks in one month that is coming from diet culture Mm -hmm. that is coming from these large corporations trying to sell us their product that to be honest is bs and is not going to work and is probably going to cause other health issues but it's giving people hope that you know losing weight this way is attainable and even for myself, I did this um, like company called Isogenics when I was a kid. Mm. And I was 16. This lady gave it to me. You drink like liquids for three days and I, you didn't eat. I lost before my competition 15 pounds in one week, 15 pounds as a kid. And I got so addicted to this. And every single competition, I would go through this like week, two weeks of extreme restriction to lose that weight. What that did to my metabolism, what that did to my gut health, what that did to my hormones was more damaging than anything else I could have done. So something I really try to explain to people is that if you are going on this constant, like I try to remind them, if you are going to drop the weight that quickly, Mm -hmm. you're not actually taking time to change your habits. You're not actually taking time to build better things like drinking your water or getting in more vegetables you're doing something that's drastic, that's restrictive, and that is not sustainable. Mm -hmm. And what's going to happen is as soon as you can't uphold this diet anymore, because it's so far off of what you need, Mm -hmm. you're going to just go the other way. And that is literally why I always tell my clients, like, I haven't, I have no problem with weight loss. Some of my clients have lost 30, 40 pounds when working with me, but this is over a three to four month period. Right. And yeah, this is, this is where it's important from making the small changes, from moving your body, from, you know, doing things that are actually beneficial, not from just restricting your food and taking things that are like laxatives, like a lot of like the skinny tummy tea and all that oh BS out God. there. That is literally just a herbal laxative that's making you shit your pants, horrible for your bowel health, for yeah. your digestive health. And the thing is, is that yo-yo dieting is going to, it's literally proven. There are hundreds of studies. If you're going on diets, more than like 90% of people are going to actually gain back more weight than what they started with. So that is what I always try to drill into my client's head. And I remind them that if you want to lose weight, that's great, but it has to be a gradual thing and you have to actually do the work because when it comes to these other programs, It's always like, do it for one month, do it for this and lose it. Exactly. That's not the case. And it comes back to what I said before, like being in a good state, having your body physically strong, it takes hard work. Mm -hmm. And 
you know, when I was younger, I would get so angry because I would look at other girls with these naturally thin bodies, ripped abs, and I would literally want to pull my hair out. Yeah. Even as a nutritionist, sometimes I think people will look at me and be like, well, she's not like absolutely shredded, mm-hmm. you know, like she doesn't really know what she's talking about. And then I think for myself, I'm like, okay, but you know, you might be in this great body, but do you struggle with acne? Do you struggle with digestive issues? Do you struggle with depression or anxiety, mental health issues? Do you struggle with your period? You know how many women I see mm-hmm. that look absolutely amazing, but they are struggling with like periods that literally they can't get out of bed for three days wow. or extreme fatigue where they can't even step into their lives and be them best selves because they're so tired all the time. Right. So again, what I just really try to tell my clients is that we want to make something that is sustainable. And we want to make this something that like you can actually keep up with, because Mm -hmm. cutting out all carbs and reducing all fats and eliminating every single food you enjoy is never going to be sustainable. And it's never going to be anything that I'm sorry, if you're somebody that can uphold that for your whole life, kudos to you. you. (laughs) I don't know anyone. I don't know anyone who has done that. And it's so interesting to me because I see these things pushed all the time and I'm, I just keep quiet and I'm like, this person's going to go through their own process. Right. They're going to go through restricting and dieting and like these extreme measures and some kind of health issue is going to arise because it's not good for our bodies. And unfortunately, a lot of times it takes people getting sick in other ways for them to realize yeah. that maybe that's not ideal, right. you know? Right, right, right. Yeah, that's that's a big point. I mean, yeah, sometimes you have to go you have to go through the shit in order to realize, okay, that probably was not the best um the best course of action. Um yeah. and like you're saying, I I love the idea of like understanding that it's going to happen over time and it's not going to be drastic, especially when uh, for you most of your clientele are people who are always on the go and who have this this um already quick lifestyle. So it's good to let them know that don't expect any quick changes because this is something yeah. that's going to take time for your overall health. Um, I want to talk about um, Mindfully in Motion because you have this amazing business where um, we keep talking about clients. Um, all your amazing clients have been taken care of and kind of helping them through this journey. Um, what was what was the excitement to want to branch out and start this business for yourself? Obviously, like you're a dancer and of course you want to like build something for yourself, but what kind of got you excited about starting this new business? Yeah. So I originally started taking like one-on-one clients, which I loved and that's like my passion for sure. Mm -hmm. But I really noticed with one-on-one clients, especially with dancers, that the same issues kept coming up. And I think, you know, a lot of people think that what I do is just nutrition, but it's really not. I do so much with like lifestyle and therapeutic supplement dosages and things like that for people that I don't talk about on my social media because that's a one-on-one thing with my clients. But what I really found with dancers and with just human beings in general, what I found with my own health journey was the absolute hardest thing to change is simply our diet. Mm. And in the beginning, when you're changing your lifestyle, you need a ton of resources, you need a ton of information, you need a bunch of recipes, and you need support, and you need community. And for me, I think one thing that really separates like what I do from pretty much any health practitioner, even on the internet, is that I do a live meal prep with the with our group for six weeks. So every single Sunday, we prep for an hour and a half, 
we usually prep at least like one to two things for lunch and for dinner. Um, and then we prep e either like a snack, we sometimes will prep like energy balls or like chocolate turtles, like a, a healthier like snack alternative. Right. Sometimes we'll prep something for breakfast. Um, and the whole idea of this is throughout the course, the foundation is that they, without having to like really think about it themselves, they're supported in making, you know, really good meals that are balanced and at this point, like in the start, they don't really understand much about nutrition yet, right? So in the beginning, I'm giving them like, this is what you need to eat every single day. So it's this way, they're a lot more likely to, you know, feel better energy levels to feel better mood and whatnot. So during that time, um, what I thought would also be really beneficial is giving people the actual nutrition information behind everything. Mm. And this was important to me because in school, I remember like we would talk about blood sugar and how like, you know, my morning routine was messing me up. She right. was talking about like, do you feel fatigue? Do you feel a crash at 2 p.m.? Do you, you know, always crave sugar? Do you always have headaches? Like all these things she was naming. I was like, me, me, me. Like this is everything I experienced. Right. And she explained why it's happening and how the foods that I'm eating are impacting this. And I think this is like such a big gap for people. And I think people don't really understand how the foods we eat impact us and what really specific choices to be making. Right. And again, I think because of diet culture, a lot of us come into, a lot of the students come into the course with a lot of misconceptions around food. In the course, I talk all about, you know, like why we need different macronutrients pre and post workout. We talk about rebuilding your metabolism. We talk about, you know, inflammation and why that's big for dancers and what foods actually cause inflammation. This is one of the biggest leaders to chronic disease and no one talks about it. Mm. So we talk about a bunch of different concepts. And I think, you know, by educating people on like how to actually make their own choices, that's how they're going to change. So for right. me, yeah, for me, the whole idea of this course was I wanted to literally for one price that was very affordable, give people a place where they can learn everything there is to know at a foundational level. And my hope was that after this course, they can move forward and actually be educated in their food choices and not have to turn back and look to a nutritionist for help. You know, so I explained to them how their choices are impacting them. And so again, we talk about all of these types of nutrition facts, they have access to all these recipes, to meal plans. They have accountability through the app with me and through showing up um, for the six weeks. And then in addition, something that I, the main reason I did this was because when I was working with one-on-one -on -one clients, I was repeating myself over and over and over again. So these things that I knew everyone needed to learn, I created them into pre-recorded videos for them to watch and for them to really have this broken down. And then it gave me, you know, the time and space to, again, in this group, I offer one-on-ones with me. So through that, we go through, you know, all of your health history. We talk about medications. We talk about your previous supplements. We talk about your relationship with food. We break everything down. I look at your habits. And from there, I give people individual supplement recommendations at a therapeutic dose. And I monitor them over the six weeks. And then when we're done the six weeks, they get a plan for moving forward. And the whole reason I do this is the whole reason I did the course was because I found when I did one-on-one, I could only work with maybe five people at a time without getting so overwhelmed. But with the group course, like I have all the information pre-recorded 
pre-done. You get a free ebook with like a hundred different pages of resources. And with all of that, it's like they get all that information, they get all that care. And then because I'm not re-explaining all of this stuff, I actually have time to sit with them one-on-one -on -one and, you know, listen to them. I think so much of what I do as well is like showing up and holding space for my clients and having them, you know, a lot of when you're going through a health journey, you don't know if you're doing the right thing. You need reassurance. And you also need someone to like tell you to ease up on yourself and to like, you, like, congratulate. Especially dancers, like the hardest people on themselves in the world. <laughs> yes. I feel like a lot of the videos I even do, like, not a lot, sorry. There's like one or two that are about like mindset. We talk about mm -hmm. diet culture and we talk like a lot about just like mindset switches that I've made in mm -hmm. regards to like actually creating a lifestyle that makes me happy and whenever I have these conversations with dancers one-on-one -on -one, they're like almost beside themselves yeah. like that I'm telling them like I'm proud of you and good job for being here it's because like we don't really we don't really get that and you know as a dancer like we're always looking we're critiquing ourselves we're always trying to get better but we need to stop and pause and congratulate ourselves because this is like something I literally say all the time. You're never going to bully yourself into positive change. You're never going to be a dick to yourself and just think like good thing is gonna, good things are going to come. Right. And yeah, a lot of times I feel like I'm almost just like a friend to these dancers and just, you know, showing them like how great they are and how much they do have to offer. And I think right. even that alone, like can be so, so big of a change for them to hear that kind of stuff. 100%. 100%. Wow, I really, really love that. And I love, the thing that I love the most about this program is that it's foundational, which didn't mm -hmm. click to me until you kept talking about it. But I love that because this allots people the opportunity to become almost like pseudo health gurus themselves so that they don't have to keep wondering, okay, well, what do I do? Or what's the next program I need to turn to, which I think is so great. You're kind of setting them up for life, which no program that I know of really does. All the programs that I know yeah. of, really, it's a month and we'll like kind of just like teach you like what to do while you're with us. But then like, good luck. You know what I mean? <laughs> so. I, I hate that because I think too, like, you know, I know that I know the struggle of being a dancer financially. I know what that is like. Right. And for me, I was like, another thing I really believe in is like, we are the best people to be in charge of our health. You are never going to, you're never going to get the success you want if you don't understand why you're doing things. Mm. So that's why I encourage people. I'm like, read this over, understand this. You need to know this for your general well-being. And that's like the biggest, you know, part of the course is I want these people to have foundational information that even when they're feeling out of whack in five years, they can come back and read it and be like, okay, you know what? I need to go back to the foundations because that's what true health is. It's not about superfoods and supplements and right. all of these things. It's literally about whole foods and rest and like really strengthening your mindset. And I think if we can get those under control and always come back to the basics, you're not going to need to, you know, you're not going to need to invest in another program or all of these things. Like part of, I, I think like part of this course, I was like, I want to give everything I know about nutrition. I want to give everything I know that dancers struggled with. I did so much research asking my friends, like, what do you guys need to know to succeed? Yeah. And I was like, I need to put this in one course, one place. And then 
it's there. You have it for life, you know? That's amazing. I I love that. Honestly, the more and more you you keep talking about all this, it, it brings up so much for me. And I like have so many personal questions now that I want to ask you, but we only have so much time. So I don't want to like take your whole day, but I want to say thank you so much for informing me, for having this exchange with me. I, uh, I literally have so much to think about right now in my own health, which is amazing. I love that you're just like causing this for me. Um, where can people find you if they want to learn more about their own health, um, discover their own sustainable health journey, um, or possibly come on board with you for Mindfully uh, in Motion? Um, so right now you can definitely find me on Instagram. My handle is at mindfully Meg with two G's at the end. Um, and then from there in the link in my bio, there's my link tree. Um, so there's application forms you could submit. There's like information. Um, and also I'm really big on just like, if you have a question or you don't know if working with me is a good idea, I'm like more than happy for people to slide into my DMs, ask yeah. questions. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm all about that. I think like, you know, I have people that ha before they even did the course, I'm like, if you are just questioning if it's for you or if I'm a right fit for you, like, right. call me on the phone, you know, like, I'm yeah. happy to set up things like that for people to, you know, I think something that maybe sets me apart, I hope in this industry, this was like a, a big intention of mine, mm -hmm. is my biggest goal is to make sure that people, whoever works with me, whoever buys a product from me, whoever, you know, chooses to believe in what I'm giving out my biggest thing is that I want to make sure I'm providing the most amount of value. Mm -hmm. I never want someone to work with me and think it wasn't worth it or, you know, something like that. I know I, I trust me. I'm somebody who has spent so much money on their health and on dance training and whatever. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, my biggest thing is I just want to, I want to give value and I want to actually mm -hmm. impact people's lives. So yeah, you can reach me on Instagram. You can send me a message. And for anyone that's like ever curious about working with me, I'm more than happy to answer all the questions. That's amazing. Oh my God. Thank you so much, Meg, for this. I feel like I have gained more information <laughs> and so much more has come up for me. And I want to encourage everyone to just care about your health in whatever way that can be. It can be even the smallest seed. Um, doesn't mean you have to go out and find someone to help you with that. But if you do need someone, mm -hmm. Meg is here. But care about your health, care about yourself, especially now where you have so much time to just take a step back and relax and do so. Thank you again so much for joining me and I will join you guys again on my next episode. Bye. And there you have it. First pod, the first of many. Another big shout out to my girl, Mindfully Meg. Thank you so much for coming on and having this conversation with me. I know I took a lot away from our conversation. Most importantly, I just need to drink more water. <laughs> I hope you guys took some things away as well. If you guys are enjoying the podcast, if you're liking it, please download, subscribe, leave a rating or review. That way I can hear what you guys think of the pod and if there are any other topics you want me to touch on for the next one. Also, if you want to know what I'm up to when I'm not in my closet underneath four blankets recording these podcasts, you can visit www.samueldalfamar.com so you can see all the projects that I'm a part of and I'm creating with all the amazing people I'm creating it with. Until next time, bye.